0: How did you get interested in functional medicine?
1: So I started life wanting to be a lawyer. okay, And then during high school, a friend of mine was like, oh, gosh, if you go to this medical program in Bar Harbor, Maine, you'll get paid three hundred dollars. And I'm like, wow, what do I have to say? Did you like say you want to do research? And I was like, "Okay." So from that moment on, I did research at the Jackson Lab in Bar Harbor, Maine. and I fell in love and I never looked back, you know, and this was in high school. I was one of those kids. I want to be a doctor all my life. That's just how my life always works. It's like I'll find something, I'll fall in love with it, I'll stick with it, or I might make changes to get into a better, happier place. And then I just go full into it. And the same thing kind of happened with functional medicine, because I started doing traditional medicine, family practice, in and out appointments, you know, just like a PR, you get in, you get out, you are drug. And then I looked online and the job opportunity said for doctors that think outside of the box. And I was kind of getting bored with this hypertensive diabetes meds, metformin, lifestyle beta blocker that I had become, you know, this kind of forced area of interest every day in and out. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to look outside the box. I think so. And sure enough, that was the first job in, in functional medicine. It's been 11 years. I haven't looked back, transitioning there. And I got introduced to Lyme disease. I got introduced to herbals. And those were things I had never heard of because herbals aren't on usually for your insurance plan. And in Lyme disease, who knew? Who knew it could reactivate? And even things like mold illness. I didn't realize how toxic it was to the brain and then how horrible play such a big part in overall healing. And then the basic things like we discussed, they don't teach that in school, the importance of your diet. They don't teach that in school, the importance of sleep hygiene. Those are just things we don't get trained in and I'm like, oh, why did I pay all this money for school? I could have just <laughs> learned it <laughs> Right? And, that, and that's and then I was no looking back after that. Once I went from primary care to really feeling like a healer and being able to treat the entire body, it was no looking back. And I and every day I learned something different and something new. And it's it's just wonderful. And I think my research background helped as well, because I've always looked for the what we call hypothesis, the reason why something happened. And I just apply that to how I practice medicine, wanting to understand the why behind a clinical symptom.
0: So let's just flashback super, super quickly to when you were an undergrad. You went, as you've alluded to, to Brown University, where you graduated with honors and a double major in neuroscience and African-American studies. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree when you graduated? That's a question I ask all of my guests.
1: Well, yeah, because from, my, from high school, Brown has an eight-year med program and I was already in med school from high school. So it was no other option. I was already there just went through the courses. But then when I started looking at, even now, health disparities in medicine, that's how I got really interested in NIH and just trying to find the underserved. And that's why I think Lyme disease is. We treat a lot of underserved patients who doctors dismiss. And that's where that kind of major led me into looking at why some people suffer and are ignored by the healthcare system and that's across the board from all different colors and economical backgrounds. And that's something that's also very passionate to me. So that's how I kind of took my African studies to the forefront as well.
0: Speaking of African studies, what advice would you have, Dr. Cornish, for young people, especially young Black men and Black women who are interested in the functional side of medicine? From what I've observed, there doesn't appear to be very much diversity in this field. What can they expect to find in terms of the welcome mat versus proceed with caution? And that's
1: a great question. I'll just tell Mike. experience. Because being a young physician, when I first transitioned into functional medicine, I would go to some conferences and I would be the only African American female in the room. However, I think it's important to know you have to blaze new trails. You know, in the African American community, we suffer from so many different health disparities and at higher rates for so many conditions. I mean, look what's happening with COVID-19 among other conditions. And a lot of times it has to do with lifestyle component right from the diet the foods you know you look on some most inner cities every other corner has a liquor store or you know fast food restaurants so when you put that all into perspective and you apply that to your family and to your community you should stay focused on that cause because i didn't understand what functional medicine or integrative medicine was at all i didn't know Because they didn't take insurance. And like you said, there is a disparity between who can have the care and who can't. But I also find myself volunteering and training other doctors. I'm on the board of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Washington, where I want to eventually do nutritional programs for inner city kids because that's needed. That's so needed to bring it back to different communities who may not be aware because, as we keep saying, medicine. And food are connected. And it's just things I
0: didn't know growing up either. Thanks for tuning in to this K Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of Tea for C. we